0: Welcome to the Wholeheartedly podcast, a space where emotional sponges can absorb understanding, acceptance, and joy on navigating both work and life. I'm your host, Kaylin Staton, and every other week we delve into the deep waters of what it means to integrate all facets of your life. It may be messy, beautiful, and everything in between, but at the end of the day, this is your story. This podcast aims to showcase stories to help you along in your journey, no matter where you find yourself on that path. Be sure to connect with us on social media, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Wholeheartedly podcast. I'm so excited for this week. I actually sat down with a couple of guests. So it's the first guest interview. I feel like we need to cue some drums or have some type of fanfare. But I am so excited for you to hear from Hannah Petraca and Lydia Waybright with the Handle with Care, the Hard Work of Being Human podcast. They are longtime friends who have connected over their dedication to the hard work of healing, growing, and being human. They have conversations of their struggles and accomplishments that have come from the work that they are doing. So I encourage you to give them a listen. They are on Spotify and anywhere that you get your podcasts. Our conversation centers on normalizing therapy and mental health conversations. These are two very important components. And we also talk about a wide array of things as you'll hear on this episode. There's a lot that we unpack, talk a lot about living in the moment, again, their therapy journeys, the importance of language and how what we say really matters, some deeper seated roots of your mental health boundaries, generational perspectives, work-life integration, and so much more. And now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Wholeheartedly Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Kaylin Staten, and today I have the pleasure to talk with two very special guests, who have an amazing podcast, and I'm here today with Hannah Petraca and Lydia Waybright. They have their podcast, Handle With Care, and I'm, I'm so excited to talk with you both because you both are Gen Z, and mm-hmm. I feel like you have things figured out, and I, I mean, I think probably you would say, probably not. Um, no. You don't have anything figured no. out, but I How think that it's really... Are you? You for sure are,
1: dude. You're
2: literally like a year older than me. But but like 1995 is like right at the cusp. You're born in '96. I know, but that's what I'm saying. You're for sure. You're younger than me you for sure. Are okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We have to you know what
0: argue about it first. We've got to do math on this podcast. I yeah. can't. We're I not about what?
2: I'm whatever you want to say I am. We're Plus, definitely Plus. we're definitely cuspers. If
0: not yes. full on Gen Z. So I think. Well, I'm a millennial, so not to give away my age, but I'm I'm older than you both. (laughs) Not by much, of course. Barely. No, I Um, was going to say
1: you're really not.
0: Barely. And so I think that just the fact that you guys have really addressed a lot of mental health perspectives and, and different topics in your own lives, I think that's really inspirational. So first and foremost, I want to give you kudos on that because I know how hard it is because I've been doing it for a while myself. And I think that just being able to, to talk so openly about therapy and talk so openly about the struggles that you both have gone through, that's really inspirational for people. And I just wanted to to say kudos again on, hey, on that you. because it's really awesome that you guys are doing that and using your voices to help other people and advocate for people, because I know that it can be really stigmatized, especially mm-hmm. in certain areas across the globe. And so I just wanted yeah. to, to tell you that I've, I've enjoyed all three of your episodes so far, and I'm looking forward oh, to, to more you. content. I've listened to all of them. And nice. so I think that it's Great. it's awesome that you guys are doing what you're doing. And so I just want to open with that and just kind of give that quick plug. To yeah, our first you. By trade, you. of course. How <laughs> yes. do that? And well, of course, we'll put everything in the show notes because why would we not? But the a question that I ask every single host or every single guest rather is, how do you live wholeheartedly? And so Hannah, I'll start with you, and then you know we can kind of right. have that conversation. <laughs> we'll start with you.
1: I get to go first. <laughs> So Lydia and I were talking about this before we got on because it's, it's a really great question. Like I was really, I spent all day kind of wrestling with it and trying to think about what that really looks like in my life. And I think for me, what kept coming up was I really fear being a hypocrite. I really fear being hypocritical. I really, I'm really passionate about just being honest and transparent with who I am, where I am in life and that sort of thing. So I think for me to live wholeheartedly, it looks like me showing up authentically myself in whatever situation I find myself in. And if that means that I don't necessarily fit in, I would rather provide a different perspective and sometimes be the perspective that gets spoken when those other people can't share it themselves, that's where I think I, I do that best is just being fully and authentically myself. Sometimes that gets me in trouble. But um,
0: but it's good can... to be that way because I, Hannah, I know that in, in Lydia, we all kind of have that, that communications background. Yeah. And so it's hard to kind of unmask that, yes. that PR face, yeah. which is something I've been trying to break over time anyway. Yeah. And so I think that it's really great that you're able to do that. I wouldn't say right out of the gate because i I know it takes a lot of hard work to be able to do that. yeah, but I think that's awesome that you're authentic and true to yourself.
1: Oh, I try to be. I mean, let's be honest, that's a work <laughs> in progress situation. <laughs> but but, yeah, it's really important to me that I don't ever find myself in a situation where I say something that doesn't align with like who I truly am because, like I said, I just I try really hard not to be hypocritical in, in anything that I do. So that's what that looks like for me, yeah.
0: How about you, Lydia?
2: So I told Hannah that the first thing that I thought of when I was thinking about this question was that when I was a senior in high school, we had to, I had to like write a letter to myself in five years and something that I wrote. And I remember like sitting in my house, like writing this was, I hope that you still let things matter to you because I just like the way that I guess I go about things wholeheartedly is like I everything that I'm doing like whatever moment I'm in I just let it like really mean something in that moment and I just really like I want everything that I'm doing to feel like it really matters and like when I was in high school I was like you know (laughs) going like you know football games or whatever like but I but I knew like in this moment I'm gonna experience it more fully if I just go all in and like really like I just I just let myself feel the full like gamut of whatever is right in front of me and it's hard it can be a challenge because if you're open to feeling every part of something like you're also open to like the, the the negative emotion of things absolutely um But I think there was just, like, I kind of, like, decided early on in life that, like, I was gonna choose to feel it all, including the sad, Mm -hmm. um, rather than, like, not feel enough. So I think that's kind of mine, like, in a nutshell, is, like, I just let things matter. Like, I let things feel really important
0: when I'm in the moment, or at least I try to. I really like that because I feel like a lot of us get caught up in either the past or mm-hmm. we look too much toward the future. And I, I mean, I'm guilty of that. And so I think that's really good advice. How do you go about just being <laughs> present in the moment? Like, I'm sure people well, just want to know I'm this.
2: Not, oh gosh, I know. I mean, it's a it's a
0: loaded question. <laughs> it's
2: tough, and I and I'm and I I do feel like I live. It takes a lot of conscious effort because I feel like I do like get pulled into the past and the future like all the time of course but I don't know I think it's just like especially when you're young and I mean even then I was 17 like when I wrote that but like I think it's the idea that like it's really easy when you're young people people a lot will kind of give you the mindset of like this won't really matter in Mm -hmm. five years or like this won't really matter when you're older and like the like I said like high school football games the outcome of those football games doesn't matter to me at all now (laughs) but like oh yeah I but I let it matter in that moment because that made me enjoy that moment more and so I guess it's just like the whole it's just kind of being rid of the concept that like this won't matter later because even if it doesn't matter later it's you only have right now yeah so you know later it doesn't, it's not going to exist anymore. You really can only exist in the moment that you're in. So yeah, just like whatever moment you're in is someone said to me one time, like the only thing that's real is the present because the past and the future, you can't access, like you can't be there. Like you they don't exist, you know, like it's just only in your mind and I'm not like great at it. And I definitely think about the future a lot, but I don't let that stop me from investing in whatever's right in front of me. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, that's an
0: awesome tidbit. I'm sure you guys will have plenty more uh, throughout (laughs) the episode to give to the listeners, not only of of the whole Harley podcast, but for your own podcast as well. Talk a little bit about both of your backgrounds and then what led you to create a podcast and just talk about just your journey.
1: To this moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. To right now in the present. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, I want to first applaud what you just said. I feel like that is such a, I don't know. I mean, I see it in you all the time. Like I see you be fully present in what you're doing just because like you are such a passionate human. And I think it's really cool to have that perspective of just like, it is, it matters right now. It Mm -hmm. might not matter in the future, but it matters right now. And that's okay. And the same thing with like pain. Like it might not Mm. matter in the future, but it matters right now. So Mm. don't dismiss it. You know, I was just really vibing with what you
2: said. Yeah. Moving on. Same here. Um,
1: (laughs) um, So what led me to here? Well, I have always been really passionate about advocating for others. I've always been really outspoken. I've always been really team slash community oriented and my community and my team has changed drastically throughout my life. I was on sports teams when I was younger, like in high school part of various religious groups growing up. And then when I got to college, having a religious community was important to me. And that's actually how I met Lydia. We met through an organization in college Mm -hmm. and immediately just connected. And it was interesting because she has a lot of those same like outspoken, passionate, kind of say what's on top of your head (laughs) kind of person. And we've always gotten along super well because of that, but we also are like super deep feelers. Mm -hmm. So just like right now, I had a very like instantaneous reaction to validate what you're experiencing. Like that's (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, that's just how our friendship works. It's Mm -hmm. always been really beautiful for that reason. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think we just had a very organic and divine friendship from the beginning and both of our kind of like upbringings and passions just aligned really well. We both come from divorced parents. We both come from a space of being passionate about mental health and being open about our mental health journey. So we kind of got to this point where we were having these conversations about mental health frequently. And and even with our friends that like weren't really necessarily in therapy, we were Mm -hmm. kind of just explaining what we were learning, sometimes complaining about what we were learning. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's part of the journey right oh
0: my gosh yeah the complaining I do this all the time anyway still to this day
1: and cussing and you know whatever (laughs) comes up it just depends um and we just realized like recently I would say probably in the last year Mm -hmm. that our conversations were just giving us both so much life and like a lot of people fall off the therapy journey. Like a lot of people and reasonably so like it's so hard. Mm -hmm. It's so hard.
0: I was, I was just telling my husband, it's the most challenging thing I've ever done in my Mm -hmm. life. And I mean, I've given birth at this point too. So it's just like, there's no comparison. (laughs) No. Yeah. It's
1: it's tough. Yeah. It's so hard. And that's where we, when we were talking about what we were learning and we were finally starting to experience breakthroughs, which we have mentioned this in our podcast, like it takes a long time to get to those breakthroughs. So Mm -hmm. once we finally started experiencing them and sharing them with each other, we were like, wow, like other people need to hear this because a couple of years ago when we were in this journey and we weren't
2: having breakthroughs, it's so discouraging. So And and we didn't have other people to talk about it with. Like we really just had each other because we were the ones that were doing it. And so we were the ones that like really, really got it. Yeah. Not that like our other friends couldn't talk about it at all, but it was just like knowing we already had a connection, Yeah, you know, a very strong connection, but also knowing that we were both kind of experiencing a lot of the same things. It was a safe place to discuss those things. And so it's really hard. Like you said, like, it's, it's the hardest thing you've ever done. Like, it's really hard mm. when you're like, you know, how exhausting it feels. <laughs> and like, how, and like, you're trying to tell someone yeah. like, no, I'm so tired. Cause I had therapy today. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. you have to kind of understand like, like what the process is. So we, and I, I remember telling you one time, like saying, if I didn't have you, like, I don't know who I would ta- be talking to. Yeah.
0: And so the support system is so important. I mean, you have to have at least one person in your corner other than your therapist, of course, (laughs) and Kind of be like, at least, you know, breaking down that stigma and being that, again, that safe space, like you guys mentioned as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's how we got to the podcast, but share your background and how (laughs) you bumped into me.
0: You're like, I don't know if I feel like it again.
2: (laughs) I'm like, I don't even uh i hate like the first day of class you know like yeah. sure, fun fact i'm like i don't know but um, what is your
0: fun fact when
2: you have to share it i don't know i think i just changed it every time because i could never think yeah. of anything i always said i like penguins
0: okay <laughs> i don't remember i'm so i'm a little far removed i remember like show and tell and like bring in like these little like cat erasers because i'm obsessed with cats and to this hey, day I'm yeah with cats
2: that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm, all of my things that I like are just basic, but anyway, my background. Okay. I mean, yeah, like I'm from Huntington, born and raised. So, and I went to Marshall, obviously, you know, PR, mm-hmm. we're but all in the same boat. We're there. all there. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so I met Hannah, I guess it was my junior year mm-hmm. and her freshman year. And I mean, I would say my freshman year of college was completely transformative in my life because When you get out of the same atmosphere you've been in for your whole life, you realize the things in your life that aren't
0: (laughs) like normal. Normal, you know. Yeah,
2: and so it's a culture
0: shock, though.
2: Yes, I mean,
0: and you grow up like so quickly when you step on campus. I feel. Oh my gosh! Yeah.
2: Yes, and even though I lived in Huntington, I lived in the dorms because Mm. since I was from Huntington, I was like kind of nervous—not nervous, but I didn't want to just have like high school do over because a lot of people from my high school obviously went to Marshall and it would have been really easy for me to just kind of stay in the same friend group, but I didn't want to do that. So I lived on campus, made a whole bunch of new friends and it was complete culture shock. And I just remember being so overwhelmed emotionally all the time. Like I was just crying all the time, but
0: (laughs) but it's hard. I mean, that first semester I mean, it's a killer anyway.
2: Yeah. It's just like, you've never lived like this before. You're never
1: going to again. I used to cry in my car on Mm. campus because that was, I'm not from Huntington. So I'm from Fairmont and home was three hours away from me. So I used to go to my car and cry because that was the only place that like felt familiar. Mm. Like that was what felt. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but, but when I was in my freshman year, I was definitely like realizing that some things that were like tendencies or patterns in my life were coming out of like wounds mm-hmm. that I had. And I just remember being like, this is too much, like I don't know how to deal with this amount of pain, you know. Um, I don't I don't think I had the language to call it like trauma, but I, I knew that it was like some big wound that I didn't really know how to deal with. And so I tried to just kind of like course correct on my own. and I went to count you know, a little bit of counseling like here and there on campus but then, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't really work <laughs> to be yeah. like, I'm going to change my, my behavior yeah. without,
0: you can't figuring- do it overnight and no. I mean, you can't do it without figuring out how to do it either. Right. So, and right. figuring out what the root of it is, Where it like, comes from, yeah.
2: yeah, you can't just change your behavior without knowing the source of like, yeah. why, you know, your patterns and, have really. emerged and stuff. So Yeah so then we were actually just talking about this earlier this week that it was for both of us been like I guess about three Three years years. that we've been like in consistent like therapy and things like that. So I mean yeah I I never thought that I was like traumatized (laughs) until my therapist gave me that language. Yeah. And that's a big part of it. Sorry to go off on a tangent, but like- Oh, you're fine. A big part of it is the language, I think. Yeah. Like being able to say like, oh, this is what this is. And that's why my body yeah. and my mind are doing this. So yeah, I definitely didn't know I was strong. <laughs> and I wish you could, everyone listening could have just seen Hannah's face when I- Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just funny. <laughs> She's if- like, duh. Yeah. She's it's like, a, I do it all along. It's it's, yeah.
1: it's funny. We should record ours just so people can see our faces at each other sometimes. But I I was just thinking about the first time a therapist ever gave me the term abandonment. Mm -hmm. And like, you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about this all the time, how important Mm -hmm. language is. But like the first time I was ever given that word, I was like, oh, that's what this feeling feels like. And because, I mean, the first time I ever heard that I was a senior in high school, which was when my therapy journey really started and then fell off. And like you said, we've been consistent for about three years, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I was like, it was the most profound moment. Like I really remember being like, oh my gosh, thank you for giving me that word because this feeling, it felt too, too deep and too heavy to be just like sadness Mm -hmm. or fear or, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things. And, you know, we love Brene Brown. I
2: don't know if you're yeah. a fan of Brene Brown. Yeah, but
1: I love her. Who's not? Uh, I know, right? <laughs> but like her new book, Atlas of the Heart, is all about language, and we both want to read it. We haven't yet, but it's amazing how much language and having actual terminology for the things you're experiencing can provide so much healing and ability for healing. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, and one that one of the things that it's weird for me and all of us again have that communications background. Okay. I am i'm really good professionally at communicating yeah but if i have to do it for myself and like sometimes in interpersonal relationships it's not the easiest thing to do so it's just very challenging like you know all these theories and you know all this stuff and then you add therapy on top of it and it just makes it complicated and you're like Mm -hmm. i know i should be being more effective in my communication right now Mm -hmm. but i'm just gonna like and i know you guys talk about the inner child a lot on your podcast yeah. and <laughs> that's something that I've delved into as well and I still have to like reparent my inner child
2: yes um
0: and I, I I'm relating that, so much we don't really want to like get in the weeds of that if you guys don't want to talk about it but I definitely when I'm yeah, talking about that over. and you're yeah. like uncomfortable I was like oh I, I completely understand because it's like I have an 18 month old and I also appreciate the fact that you guys when I was listening to one of your episodes how you were saying that you wanted to kind of get everything together and reparent yourselves and you know focus yeah. on your inner child so that when you do have children someday that you're able to do that for your child mm-hmm. and so nothing kickstarts your mental health journey like having a child so yes, I really appreciate I that you have that foresight
2: yeah. not that I
0: didn't but it, it was something that I just didn't really anticipate right yeah. that I was gonna well, have I'm some sure... coming up again <laughs> I make, was gonna say I'm sure we're Whenever, if we're ever at that place, we will have some more coming up, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you've started the journey. I think that, and I mean, being at, in therapy for, for three years is, is really mm-hmm. awesome because like you said, a lot of people just kind of drop off. They're like, this is too hard or
2: yeah. I didn't really
0: vibe with my therapist. I know you guys have talked about this as well on mm-hmm. your podcast of you know, how, it, how vital it is to find somebody who is in your corner and somebody that you are gonna have this rapport with because mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I've had really bad experiences with mm-hmm. a psychiatrist and therapists, but yeah. I, I have a really great one right now. And so I think that just being able to find that is something that's a pretty awesome thing too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like cheer people on when they do find it, you know, like I lately, it's so funny. We have a mutual friend who I found out goes to the same practice that I go to. Mm -hmm. And like, when I found out that he went there, I was like thrilled for him. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone there's amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. It's just, it's so cool. Like once you get to that place where you're comfortable talking about it. And so you can like celebrate moments like that, you know, like celebrate when somebody does have a good therapist that fits well with them. Or like, I also have friends that have tried people out and it doesn't work. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, Uh we can move on and we can find someone. We, I always we with them. (laughs) And I'm like, we can find someone new and you can still get this healing and this progress that you deserve, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Like, none of us are on our first therapist that we try. Like, I mean, there's no way. I, I mean it's know. just like it's like dating you don't always end it up is. with the first person right yes and exactly. so when you find your soulmate therapist and even then like sometimes it doesn't work out and or, like you guys yeah. have said you outgrow that too and yes. So And it's just kind of yeah. like it's it's very it's it's sometimes challenging to find those but mm-hmm. it's it's good when you do
2: yeah. i know and i feel so
0: lucky too, too because i
2: mean i do know a lot of people that it's like well, this place doesn't take my insurance or like, you know, and there's just like so many, it is tough. And I think in this area, like we are, we need, we need more, like we, we don't have enough people. I know every therapist and counselor in the area is like completely stretched then. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely feel very lucky to have found some, Mm -hmm. like a good place, but, but yeah, I mean, it just does take time. So absolutely.
0: Do you guys encounter any stigmas when you talk about therapy to people? What have been your experiences just overall? Uh, I know that you're advocates and you're very outspoken and very passionate about therapy, but have you dealt with any stigmas, especially? I mean, we're in Appalachia, and so Mm -hmm. I feel like... I mean, I kind of let the cat out of the bag a few years ago when I did an op-ed in our local newspaper where I'm like, yeah. I have generalized anxiety disorder and, you know, all these things about me. Yeah. And there were people who were like, you really wrote that? Like people are yeah. going to see that. Like, why what? in the world would you do that? <laughs> so like, have you guys have encountered they, anything like that?
1: Why are they acting like they're embarrassed for you? Like if yeah. you're not embarrassed, why are they embarrassed? Like that, but, I totally, yeah.
2: it's
0: no,
1: so it's, annoying. It is.
2: I think that I have talked about it enough. Like when I first was kind of like diving into <laughs> the journey, yeah. I was like, you know, I am just gonna, I, I felt that, like I did feel it. And mm-hmm. I, and I even think I was partially just feeling it like from myself, like yeah. you kind of like self imposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was definitely judging myself. I remember thinking, like, why can't I just be stronger? Like, why can't mm. I just be? And everybody else would be okay if this happened to them. And I just yep. am not. And why am I, you know, whatever. But then what I guess like just my personality is like I'm kind of like a challenger. <laughs> so like when I felt like I was feeling that, I was like, well, I'm just gonna dive in even further. Yeah. And so I just talked about it as much as I could. <laughs> and like <laughs> was like, I'm gonna I'm you're gonna like have- I'm
0: gonna work vomit. Right, and like Um, like Hannah said, like we
2: both, yeah, like we both have like that kind of advocate in our heart for sure. And so I was like, I'm gonna do that because I am pretty like bold of a person, and so I don't have much of a problem to like push back against that kind of judgment. But there's a lot of people that do or wouldn't be comfortable, and so it's like if if I have the voice that I have, then like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use it. And so now I'm at the place that like. so now I'm at the place where it's like everybody in my life just kind of knows yeah (laughs) like my work like I and my trick is just to talk about it like it's really normal Uh and then people people are caught off guard by the fact that you're not embarrassed about it and then they're like what so yeah at my work I'm just like I'm going to therapy like from Uh, the get-go and so it just is like what are they gonna say they can't if you're just like acting super normal Normal, about it, yeah I have so many,
1: as soon as you brought up work, that was what I was thinking in my mm-hmm. head. So like, obviously my family knows that I do therapy and not all of them have been super supportive all along. They're all on the same page now and realize that I'm a better Hannah and a better member of the family now that I am actively in therapy. And it's funny because now they even kind of question within our family circles, like, oh, maybe I should go. And I'm like, yes, you should. <laughs> yeah. you should absolutely You're a good go.
0: influence. Both of you, like working Thank in you. life, right? Yeah. You?
1: Thank you. Um, But yeah, when it comes to work, so I'm going to, this is like a funny story about work, but also I think it's just a really good example of like how difficult it is to talk about mental health in the workplace. So one of my friends at work knew that I was about to go to therapy right after work and as I was walking out the door she said let me know how your situation goes mm-hmm. so a coworker walks out behind me and is like are you okay is everything okay like do you need anything and I started laughing and I was like I'm just going to therapy I don't know why they said that like I, I'm mm-hmm. fine <laughs> and it was like a funny thing and now we joke about it every time you know I say I'm going to therapy I say you know I have a situation and it's funny <laughs> but like it's people that- feel the need mm-hmm. to like
2: hide it on your behalf. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it was. No. And I was like,
1: I'm not ashamed like at all. Like you don't have to hide it. But mm-hmm. when you are a working professional, there definitely is this idea of like, are they going to think that I'm weaker because I'm, well, and I also believe in boundaries. Like, I don't think you need to like tell your supervisor or your coworkers, everything like the coworkers that I'm mentioning, like I'm close to, and and that's why they know that. But It's, it's a tough balance because like, you don't want to be ashamed of the fact that like, that's a priority in your life. Like, for Mm. example, like if you need to leave at a certain time to make sure that you get to your appointment on time, then like, that's also a healthy boundary. And I don't think that you should be afraid to say like, I have an appointment, you know, you don't have to say what it is, but like, and sometimes you do need to say what it is. Like, I don't, you know, I just, I think at the end of the day, like you're a better employee if you're taking care of yourself and we need to start normalizing taking care of our mental health just like we would taking care of our physical health so Mm -hmm. i was definitely scared to do that i'm by far the youngest person where i work so there's definitely some of that generational gap in terms of language in terms of conversation about mental health and i've tried And I have really brought up some good conversations at work about mental health, but it's just been interesting to see like different generations kind of get tense when you talk about it. Absolutely. It's just not normal to them to hear somebody openly say that. And I totally get it. Like it is an uncomfortable conversation, but at the same time, like we need our staff, we need our coworkers, we need our bosses in the best place that they can be mentally and physically to do the job that they have agreed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just a firm believer in like, Normalizing that, while also staying within professional boundaries. Like I said, I don't think we need to be oversharing at work. Yeah. But
2: <laughs>
0: I all think? the dirty laundry. like I do.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think you do that. I'm no, I do. Like, okay. Well, like, like, saying, no, but
0: I really do. <laughs> I, do. I really do.
1: I'm just saying. We all have
0: our different personality traits, you know. Yeah. have yeah, well, and cons. yeah, and
1: where we work. It is makes you you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just trying to be. Yeah. It's okay. Anyways, I think having those conversations is important. And like, now I've been able to come to a place at work where I'm like, hey, I'm really passionate about this. Like, is there more that we can do for mental wellness in the workplace? Like, can I spearhead that? Can I be a part of that? And that's a really cool place to be too. Mm -hmm. So yeah,
0: I definitely think that. I mean, I've encountered that as well locally with a lot of different just organizations whether it's yeah. through my company or just other things that I've that I've done throughout my career and and even, you know, personally as well and it's just very challenging to bridge that gap, but I'm glad that you both are doing that in the workplace and you know, fighting that, that good fight because it needs to be, it needs to be at the forefront because again, we are in an area where there, it is really stigmatized. And so Mm -hmm. being able to have those honest conversations in the workplace is, is vital. And also looking at it from more of a holistic standpoint of, you know, mental health is just one facet of health that you really yep. need to to be healthy and, mm-hmm. you know, have this holistic type of approach to it. I like that you both are, are pretty open about it. I probably at your age wouldn't have been like, I'm going to therapy and I'm really <laughs> proud about it. And I'm not going to be embarrassed at all. Like, well, that took a while. I don't that know. That took a while. That's yeah, we yeah. Have
1: not always been
0: no. Yeah, definitely yeah. Not well, even still, though. it probably. I'm a I'm a natural people pleaser, so
2: yes. And I when I was hard.
0: listening to your episode about all the attachment styles, I was like, oh, I'm gonna you know check that box and that one and <laughs> that one. I felt like I had all of them except like, secure. Yep. And I'm That's like, all man, of them secure. Yes. Yep. Same. But and like, it's like, it's it's hard to navigate. <laughs> yeah. It is.
2: Yeah. But I was gonna say, I remember Kaylin like some of the stuff that you've written it's every time you do like make that choice to kind of like step out on a limb and say something vulnerable. And I'm thinking about like some of your pieces specifically, like there's always people that are like, I've experienced this too. And so every time you do make that decision to like say, you know, something vulnerable, it's you always almost every time though, for me, it's like people can realize a little bit that they're less Less alone. alone. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, you know, we all have that gift with our words, the three of us. And so we can use that as kind of like our offering to the world to like, you're on one today. Everything you're (laughs) saying today. Well, and like you're preaching. Thanks Hannah. You're welcome. But yeah, yeah, like it is like, I don't know. And I remember too, like, and even just like us getting responses from our podcast of like, you know, it's just been so fulfilling for us. But I remember when I first started taking medication for anxiety, I was so upset with myself and like embarrassed. But I remember somebody from my church that I'm like, not even like, best friends with or whatever, texted me and just was like, sharing this whole thing about their journey. And I went through this and I started taking this and blah, blah, blah. Like never would have known. I never would have known that, but it was just like, so kind of that person to see me and say, like, I have been here too. Yes. So every time, yeah, every time somebody does, and you don't have to share anything that you don't want to share, but every time someone does like take that stuff to be vulnerable, I think it can make people feel, you know, less alone and feel like they even can, kind of bond to you in yeah, that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and it normalizes the experience. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. we wanted to do with our podcast most importantly was normalize the experience of going to therapy and just how hard that step is and how hard the work is. And like I, you know, I joke about that story about my situation at work, you know, but yeah. those people are my biggest fans when it comes to this podcast and it's the most oh my gosh, like my heart just gets happy thinking about it. And like now all of them are like, yeah, like, I think I'm ready to get back into therapy or like, I think I might check out therapy. And it's just like, I'm just like cheering them on. And I'm like, yes, like (sighs) there's so much freedom. Like, that's what I kept thinking as you were talking was like the freedom that we've been able to experience Mm -hmm. because of the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I want that freedom for everyone else. Like I want people to feel some freedom from anxiety, some freedom from depression, some freedom from trauma. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want that so badly because we've been able to taste it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, the best thing in the world, Mm -hmm. you
0: know? And you wouldn't go back. I mean, you you wish that you would be back, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago. When you figure it out, it's like, I don't know if you guys do this, but I most certainly do. This could be good or bad, but (laughs) now that I've been in therapy for, I don't know, since like 2015, I feel like I recognize and I can like kind of this isn't good, but I can like diagnose people Yeah, and yes. it's like yes. hard to look away, right? Like, when yeah. you know, you know, and it's like, um, well, this person has had this type of trauma or this yes. style. And it's just, it's, it's hard to kind of remove yourself. And I'm not a professional by any means and I'm yeah. not claiming to be at all, but right. I, it's just like, once you know about right. yourself, you can recognize it in other people. And so, yeah, I, I feel like if you're able to to talk about it and be vulnerable, then hopefully mm-hmm. that it will encourage other people. and I, And I know that I mean, you, you both with your podcast and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm a highly sensitive person and I know you you two are, are deeply empathic as well. Yes. And that's why I wanted to get you on here just to talk about that. But how do you manage your emotions and other things and you're like shaking. You your head. Like, yeah, I, like I do need it? to make this a visual oh, podcast. But yeah, yeah. I, I tend to if I compartmentalize, especially like in a in a stressful, let's say like personal situation, where I have to do something for work and I, I'm like, I can't handle this right now. Like I'm just gonna handle it, table it, handle it a little bit later. How do you all handle just emotions because I'm an emotional sponge and that's why I made this podcast for people who maybe are emotional sponges themselves mm-hmm. or they know somebody or they're un- they don't understand why people are so emotional or whatever and so even if you're in therapy like sometimes I do have emotional responses and so how do you oh like, yeah yeah how can do you like tear that down like that. Yeah, well but,
1: when you said table it I don't know how to table I don't table my can I just not
0: do that <laughs> I can I compartmentalize somehow. I and it's like it's my hard. My poor
1: boyfriend. My poor boyfriend. He he's one of those people that like needs to like decompress and then we can talk about it. And I'm like, I, <gasps> I no, we need to talk my about it. My husband's the same right way. Now. Right now, yeah. we need to have this conversation right now. We now. just
0: did this like two days ago. like yes. I'm not always
2: good at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but oh my gosh, in the
2: moment it's so hard. It's so hard. It
1: but we've been able to like work with each other and as silly as it sounds, come up with cues of like hey, I love you. And like, I want to talk about this, but I need a minute to not not disrespect you
2: while we're talking about it.
1: And then that helps me because then I'm like, okay, I'm still going to get the conversation that I really need just once, you know, he processes.
2: Yeah. I've had to really learn that like, I do take on so much, you know, empathically, like you said, like the emotional sponge, like I totally am that. And like, even, yeah, like I even like, Yeah, I feel like I can really sense people's emotions Emotions, too. And I kind of take them on. It's a blessing and a curse. It is. It totally is. But so I think I've kind of had to learn that like I, you know, still like the human psyche can only take so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and I want to be compassionate and I want to care about people. And, you know, I want to, I want to have empathy, but I also can only take in so much. And that, I mean, it's hard for me, but I do try to just like, at a point, like just limit the amount of emotions that are even around me for me to consume um, and yeah. just like kind of quiet things down around me because
0: I so Overstimulation is real. Like, oh yes. my gosh. Yes. yes. Don't think about it until you're in that situation and you're like, I'm overstimulated. It could be yes. like a yes. family event. It could oh be my gosh. a yes. work event with like a hundred people, or I mean, it can mm-hmm. be, yeah. you know, just mm-hmm. going to a grocery store. Like, you can be overstimulated in so many different ways. Oh, my
2: gosh. And I will get snappy about it, too. Like, I'll be in someone else's house and be like, can you please turn the music
0: off? Like, I'm like, I cannot take this. See, I internalize stuff like that because I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm a people pleaser, right? Yeah. I don't, don't I'm I'm like, I don't want to be, like, rude (laughs) or anything, but I mean, during pregnancy, I was, like, a totally different person and I was telling people, (laughs) like, you're projecting onto me, like, you need to just, like, stop (laughs) and, like,
1: that's amazing. You started calling um, out for their stuff. I
0: did, and That's like amazing. that has kind of you know helped me do yeah. that afterward too. But I've still in like have to struggle with people pleasing. So yeah, it it's is hard. Yeah, yeah. I
1: yeah. think I think for me, I don't table things. I am still in the process of like like you were saying. If I get overstimulated, overstimulated, stimulated. stimulated. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sorry, <laughs> we're making up words too. Um, yeah, we're making
1: up words. If that happens to me, if I get overstimulated, I end up really just needing a break. Like I I need a break from anything else so that my nervous system can repair before I start to do anything else, which looks different than like, hold on, let's have this conversation later. It often looks like feeling really panicky over very small things and then being like, oh, I've overdone it. Like I've pushed myself too far. Mm -hmm. And then I have to do some work either with a trusted friend or a therapist or my boyfriend and kind of like unpack what I caked on you know because I do feel so much of other people's things and sometimes I just keep taking on people's burdens and people's feelings because I love them and I care about them and I want to walk with them through their life but like at a certain point like you were saying your mind can only handle so much so you kind of have to unpack and sort so I think that's how I I cope with that is sometimes I do it a little too late.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I still do that too. I'm not the world's best example of anything, but I think that we're all still learning. <laughs> Neither and are we. That that's the the beauty yeah. of, of having both the podcasts that we have is just mm-hmm. being able to show that we do still struggle with things and we we have successes too. And you know, yeah. these are our tactics that work and, and different things like that. What are some things that you both have learned during your podcast journey? Like maybe something that you didn't mm. know about yourself, but you know, you have these three episodes and of course you know all these upcoming episodes but what are some things that you've learned that you didn't learn before or didn't know before I (laughs) what came to my
2: mind instantly is that we are we I've realized how almost like allergic we both feel to being really nice to ourselves (laughs) because like every time like when we you know we've gotten like feedback you know we've gotten like some positive feedback and every time we're like sh- this is shocking <laughs> like yes. this is the most shocking yeah. thing ever that people liked like yeah. it." you know
1: yeah
2: and we both like are can be very confident in like a professional space For I sure. think like we both know our strengths but then in like these p- more personal and like vulnerable spaces we really are are not and so I don't it's hard think, to it's hard yeah, yeah. and so yeah. I think Leave it I think that's something that I didn't really know about myself. Like, I always have thought, like, no, I like know what I'm good at. I'm confident, yeah. whatever. But like doing this, it has felt really vulnerable, and it's felt like I, at first I was like, I didn't want to post anything. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to promote. Like, it just felt very weird. Yes, yeah, but promotion is it's very weird. Very for hard for us. Yeah. Oh gosh, so,
0: it's it's. when it's I've cool. had a company for seven years, and I'm yeah. still like, oh, it makes me nauseous. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to. You know, I'm, I'm used to getting behind the cause and right. or behind whatever a client is doing or right you know nonprofit I'm supporting or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just it is so hard to self-promote yeah. so I, I you know it doesn't matter what stage you're at it's still awkward I think yeah yeah
2: yeah so but yeah I guess I didn't know that it would feel that way when we started yeah I didn't I didn't foresee that being like kind of more you know one of our internal challenges but yeah I don't know that was the first thing that came to mind what about you
1: well, I have two things that came to mind. One, we knew that we were very, very similar. Like We knew we had similar life experiences, but it's it's almost like an aha moment every time we record because mm-hmm. we're like, oh yeah, we feel that exact same thing, mm-hmm. which in its own ways, another reason we did this podcast because these were conversations we were having anyways. So it, it, it comes across as very genuine because it is when we're both like, oh my gosh, yeah, like you experienced that too. And it's just so validating to be like, wow, you're afraid of similar things or like you're wrestling with something that, you know, when you're in something, you think you're the only one going through it. Like people say that, but it's so true. So just being together and being like, oh my gosh, you get it. Thank you for getting it. You Mm -hmm. know? Um, and then the other thing that came to mind is I have been really aware. And like, even right now as we're recording, like really aware of the people in my life and how they're going to hear what I'm sharing and that's always very, at the back of my mind yeah um, yes and like I'm already second guessing things that I've said and mm-hmm. am I being respectful of people and am I honoring them and like you'll hear a lot of that in my pod- in our podcast too of where like I'll follow statements up with you know specifically when we talked about attachment styles and like we wanted to share that like we are not blaming any parent for doing the best that they knew how mm-hmm. you know and like It's just, I always, and I guess that's a people pleasing quality as well. But at the same time, I just, I never want someone to feel disrespected by the things that I share, even if they are things that are true of me. So that's something I've been like hyper aware of as we've started, which I didn't really think that I was just like excited to share. And then I
2: haven't really been. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, and then I was, as we talk, I feel the need of like, oh, well, if so-and-so hears this are they going to feel disrespected or dishonored? And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want that for yeah. them. So, yeah. and I mean, there's a difference between
0: People pleasing and then completely like just bashing somebody, right? And, you know, there's right. there's opposite ends of that, and both of those are not healthy behaviors. But I think that For being sure, mindful totally. of if you feel like you need to be mindful, of course, some people, you know, in our lives, past, present, future, don't really right. deserve that, you know, especially <laughs> associated with traumatic things, right? Um, <laughs> so right. I think that that's very. It's also includes somebody else's story too. So yeah. as, as a writer, I I just kind of tell what needs to be told and then Mm -hmm, you know kind of leave the rest to the imagination or not really throw people under the bus because that's not what I'm gonna do either if I I want to at the end of the day help to empower people to create change and positivity in their lives and understand a little bit more about what it means to be an emotional sponge and whatever Mm -hmm. else that you know titles that we give ourselves but I think that it's challenging to kind of do that dance and especially, you know, a communications role professionally, it's challenging because sometimes I feel like I'm wearing like two different hats. And so uh, another big thing that I talk about during this podcast or you know, during episodes is just not necessarily work life balance because I'm a perfectionist. And so that doesn't work for me to be like, yeah. I'm going to balance, you know, like being a mom and being a wife and being a, a business owner and all of these roles. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do you all just use integration with all the different mm-hmm. facets within your life mm-hmm. or do you try to balance them or do you, how do you approach like work yeah. and life and all of the things that you want to do and accomplish this has been such a topic in my mind lately yeah because Mm
2: -hmm. I've been so busy (laughs) and so drained and I have really just I've like literally even just today like this afternoon I was thinking like what are the things that I'm doing that I actually like (laughs) and that I actually find value in yeah I don't know. I, I feel like my biggest tool right now that I'm trying to do utilize for myself is evaluating the things that I'm spending time on. Like, am I doing this because it's adding some value for me? Or am I doing this because I feel like I have to, and I feel like people will find me valuable or and
0: impressive if I do it.
2: Mm.
0: That's a and, self-worth. It sounds like too.
2: Yes. You know? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a
0: diagnose like, you over here. I'm not trying no, to, it you, out, is- you know,
2: it totally is. It totally is. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I think that's kind of my big challenge because I am, it is that I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm providing value to people mm-hmm. and I need to make sure that I'm like indispensable, you know, and I need to be the best and oh, I need yeah. to be impressive. You are. So, Thank you. <laughs> but, um, you.
0: But, <laughs> Thanks
2: guys. but, but yeah, so I've lately been like, just like over done a little bit. Yeah. And so I think, that's kind of my challenge for myself right now so definitely like when you're like how do you do that I'm like I don't do that but I'm working on it it's just kind of trying to you know weigh the things that I'm spending my time on and like where valuing them correctly I think and ordering them appropriately and not based out of insecurity but based out of just like actually what's worth my time and Mm. my energy yeah Mm -hmm.
1: I mean we're both so young in our careers like we are only a few years into this. And I think something that I've noticed a lot, which I where I'm currently working, it's it's a different kind of pace than what my work will always be because I'm so intertwined with COVID right now, which is interesting to start a career in that time. Yeah. But but I realized that, you know, right now I have a very wonderful partner that I hope is my life partner. And like, I would love to have children one day and I'm I'm starting to see life through a different lens. Whereas before I was like, oh, well, I just can't wait till I get that job. And I do these really big things. Whereas now I'm kind of like, I think my own healing and my relationship and my, the lives of my future family are what's most important to me. And then work will fall underneath that, which I don't think is an approach that very many people take, at least they don't take it consciously, but it's something that like I'm just, I'm just feeling more and more of. So I'm trying to figure out what that looks like, especially being this early into my career. I don't have a lot of experience to know how to balance that. And I don't have children yet. And I'm very aware of how much that changes your trajectory of your life. But I just, I don't want to be spread too thin, especially when there's yeah. other lives involved. So I'm just trying to figure out, and we talk about this all the time. Lydia and I talk about this all the time. Like what is our next step? You know, what do mm-hmm. we really want? Because I just, I don't want to work my life away. I really don't. And I want to make sure that what I am giving the world is valuable, like Lydia said. And I am really passionate about showing up for people and making a difference. But I just really think you should show up for your family first and foremost. So. And for yourself. Well, yeah,
0: but. <laughs> yourself <laughs> first and then everybody else, right? Yeah,
2: right. Um, and if you're
0: taking good care of yourself, like you will be able to serve people better. For so. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You both have really good perspectives on that. And I feel like they're both valuable. And I mean, they resonate with me and are are things that I know that I try to do as well. And so I think that it's a good approach to try to do all of that. Talk a little bit about what you guys have coming up with your podcast and different episodes and just give a preview of that.
2: Yeah, we have, um, yeah, I think, so we're just going to kind of be going deeper into Um, like different specific facets of just kind of like wellness and life and whatever growth so our first couple were just kind of like introductory and then you you heard the attachment styles one so Mm -hmm. more kind of along that vein of like focusing on a particular thing so we'll be talking about like heartbreak family we'll be having some more guests soon yeah and then also we're trying to just keep it real and every episode will be just us kind of you know, we kind of try and like check in with each other at the beginning of every episode. So yeah. it'll be kind of like a parallel journey of like us, you know, kind of where we are at. And then mm-hmm. also going deeper into those different facets of, what we've, of what we've learned. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great way to explain it. Another subject we really want to talk about, and you talked about it in this conversation is medication
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because it is such a, I think, Actually, I know that that is more stigmatized than therapy. Oh, absolutely. And Yeah. And it was by far yeah. my hardest stroke, my hardest um, obstacle in this journey. I walked so. in
0: my first appointment. I'm like, just give me Prozac, right? <laughs> <laughs> just give it to me. I just, I know that I need it. So
1: I love No, I was so scared. I was terrified. I've had to have so many yeah. people be like, no, it really, it really will change your life. And, oh. and it's so amazing. Cause you, you, you know, you see the messaging out there. That's like, you'll lose your sparkle. Like, no, no, you won't. You'll actually have a
0: sparkle. You'll figure stuff like, out and yeah. you know, have a new baseline from which yeah, exactly. to operate. And, you know, yeah. if you need it in the future, if you don't need it in the future, but right. it, it's yeah. simply an adjustment, but yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, we want to also, ta- we'll also be having conversations about that. And like she said, I mean, we're just going to keep trying to be vulnerable and honest. And hopefully the goal is to make people feel less alone in their journey, but also encourage people to start it. Like truly the most rewarding things that we've had come our way since this is when people are like, yeah, I think like it's time for me to schedule an appointment. Yes, like Like, multiple people have said, like, actually just actually hadn't
2: haven't haven't even told you this yet, but somebody also messaged me today and was like, I've decided to pull the trigger and like get back in therapy. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So that's been like so, so fulfilling and rewarding. Yeah Yeah. I feel like
0: if it's just one person telling you that, so you're already making a difference in your episodes. So I think that's that's awesome. I feel like we could talk for like hours and hours and, and talk about things, but tell people where they can listen to your episodes of your podcast as well as just get in touch with you and, and chat with you if you if they have any upcoming topics or just want to ask you a question
2: yeah we yeah so handle with care is the title of our podcast where um, wherever you get your podcast, and then our social media is hwc pod so <laughs> Full disclosure: yeah. We like just made our pages, so yeah, there's yeah. not Same a lot of here. Great, not a lot of great content there yet, but yeah. you know we're working on it. We're and working we, on the branding. We also just want yeah. people to have. We also want to just have that for people to get in touch with us, like just to message us and, and you our, know our emails in the. Yeah, bio. and our and our email is also hwcpod at gmail. Yeah. So okay. if people want to send feedback or send us a topic or
0: anything like that we would love to hear from them yeah for sure and we'll make sure that everything is in the show notes too so we'll make it easy Perfect. for the listeners to interact with you and to subscribe to handle with care Hannah Lydia thank you so much for thank being you. the first interview on the whole Yay. wow you guys are awesome <laughs> we're honored I <We're> so <laughs> will awesome. continue to listen to your podcast and encourage others as well so you're doing great work and thank you for chatting with me today Thank Thank you you so much. This has been an Hourglass Media production.